welcome to Books and Biscuits. I'm your host, Birdie. And I'm Em. And today we are checking out the first five chapters of You by Caroline Kepnes. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. Should we have a summary of You? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Okay, okay I'm not wait. redoing that intro. No, I know. I'm still recording. I'm just Googling it right now. No, we should do a summary. Well, the summary is... Uh, no, I'll do it. I'll no, it. Okay, I want an official it. summary. A good one. No offense. Thank <laughs> God editing exists. Okay, um, here is... What Amazon says. <clears throat> you is a terrifying exploration of how vulnerable we all are to stalking and manipulation. Debut author Caroline Kempnes delivers a raisin... No, this is bad. Oh my god, Emma, that story you posted. Isn't it great? Yeah. That's People your leg. People can see the books in my background. Good. And my Nikolai plushie. Good. Wait, who's Nikolai? Oh wait, I know who Nikolai is. Nikolai. Okay, can I just summarize it myself? Sure, go ahead. So, You is a book about Joe Goldberg, who is a bookstore clerk who is working in New York City, and one day he meets Guinevere Beck, who he decides he is in love with and stalks her, and basically just is a creep. Wow, that was not very unbiased. It was not, that was so unbiased. Oh, so unbiased, yes. Okay, shut up. Okay, so we're going to be starting out with chapter one. Yeah, so chapter one. So the book starts when Beck comes into Joe's bookstore. Well, it's not his bookstore, but the bookstore he works at called Mooney's Rare and Used. And uh, basically Joe just comments about like what her clothes mean and how she's walking and what that means. Um, she utters her first word to him, which is... This is a terrible summary. I just need you to tell me what happens. I'll do the summary. So Joe Goldberg is working in a bookstore in New York. The bookstore is called Mooney's Rare and Used. He is a bookstore clerk. And into the bookstore walks a college girl named Guinevere Beck. And Joe sees her and immediately falls head over heels in love with her. That's the first chapter, I think. Yeah, that's about what happens. First thoughts about chapter one. So, chapter one. So, I really like the way that it is written. I feel like every mm-hmm. time I've read this book before, and I always forget that it's it written once. like this. So, what? You've read it once. Yeah. Oh. You were saying, like, every time I've read okay, it. Okay, well, excuse me. <laughs> um, so, I really like how it's written in, like, stream of consciousness. So, it's basically just, like, his thoughts, and it's a bunch of independent clauses strung together. Uh, and it just kind of gives this, like, like, feeling of, like, all, like, his, like, observations and, like, thoughts about her, and I really like how it's written in second person. I just think that that's really yeah. cool. Well, it's, like, um, first person, but it's second because it's, of his thoughts directed at back. Yeah, well, it's, like, yeah. kind of second person because, like, uh, the use. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. So, yeah. I love this um, book. I've read it, yeah, like, many times. At least fifteen times, and I'm not exactly. I love the show. I've the show is really the show is really really good, but I I love the book. Like I, Um, the writing I feel like immediately pulls you in, and you immediately just are there with Joe. 
Yeah. Like, right from, like, the first sentence. It's so good. I really love it. Um, I love how specific Joe is about Beck. Like, yeah. at exactly 10.06, she walks into his life. And, like, the specifics that he uses about her, like, he's not just, like, oh, you're blonde and you're wearing pink jeans. Mm-hmm. He describes her as so clean, you're dirty. Um, and the pink of her jeans is a pink spun from Charlotte's Web. He calls her classic and compact as his own little Natalie Portman, which really just clues you into the assumptions that he's already making based off of just seeing her once. Yeah. Um, he makes a lot of, like, crazy assumptions, like, about, like, her home life and about, like, oh, like yeah. what she is and, like, how she's, like, a student. He's also, like, very, just, like, so creepy. Like, he makes a lot of comments about her bra and, like, uh-huh. like a lot of comments is about, like, what she's wearing and, like, a lot of comments about, like, oh, like, I'm sure you like this yeah. or whatever. It's, he, yeah. um, deduces that she's turned on based on a sneeze. Yeah, that's very weird. Which is really weird. Like, Joe, what is up with that? Yeah. Please tell me more. Uh, I'm, um, not that I want to know. I just want to know why you think that. Yeah. Like, yeah, is, do yeah, I need to be policing my sneezes so that random men don't think that I'm turned on by them? Based Absolutely. on my sneeze? Is that a Absolutely. new thing that women need to, like, watch out for? Mm-hmm. Um, um I, I like how... Joe, like, I don't know, he almost, like, thinks that he, like, knows her already. Oh, yeah. Like, he doesn't, like, he talks to her as if she's, like, knows her, and, like, he's had more than one conversation with her. He hasn't even had a full conversation. He hasn't, yeah, there hasn't really been a full conversation. Like, he said some weird stuff to her, and then she bought a book. Yeah. Which, also, the book was very expensive. It was $31. Yeah. That's a very expensive book. Like, I'm just, I'm hardcore judging that bookstore. Oh, yeah, hardcore judging. Like, even the local bookstore we have, books are, like, rarely over, like, 20 bucks. Because they're expensive, though. I know. That's why I use bookoutlet.com. Please sponsor us. Um, Wow. Yeah. Hashtag (laughs) seamless plug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I notice... Like, not that I haven't noticed things before, obviously, because I've read this book seven, eight times. But I feel like reading it so closely, like, for the podcast, like, I feel like I'm noticing so much more just about, like, Joe's voice and, like, the writing. It's it's so yeah. good. It is like, really good. Um, It's interesting, like, how many, like, deductions he makes. Like, yeah. when Beck is like, oh, I'm buying it for a friend, he's like, oh it's not your friend, like, it's your boyfriend, like, you have a boyfriend, and then yeah, he, like, not like, punches his calculator. It's not like, your he's, dad. Like, jealous. Yeah, yeah like, you like don't even jealous. know her, bro. Yeah, it's so weird. But also, like, you feel for Joe, or at least I do. Like, I feel like... Yeah. Like, that's, I think, the thing about this book is, like, if you were, if you were Beck, if you weren't in his head, I he's, like, the with perfect guy. He's because, great. Like, like, he reads, he's attractive, yeah. like, he's nice. He works in a bookstore. Like, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit of a judgy hipster. But, like... He's, all, he's, he's like, really judgy. Oh, like, he's he, so judgy. Like, the guy that comes in to buy, like, Dan Brown and Salinger, he's, like, I so... Know. Like, he's so Joe, judgy. Chill out. 
that like, everyone it's has just the like same taste in you. And he's like trying to make sure that Beck found Paula Fox the quote right way. Yeah, he was like, oh, I hope you're not buying it because this is Courtney Love's grandmother. Like, what? Joe, calm down. Yeah, he's just, he's... Like, chill. Yeah, he needs to chill. Chill. Um, oh, also, I just wanted to say, so at the end of the chapter, there's this, like, weird thing that happens where, so she pays with a credit card, um... And she like assigns her name, and then he like rubs. The I receipt press on my thumb hand. into the yeah. wet ink on your receipt, and the ink of Guinevere Beck stains my skin. Yeah, I love that quote. Did you write that I down? Lo- or did you memorize? Yes, that? I wrote it down. I do have quotes memorized, uh, but no, I wrote this down because it is so good. I love that. Just the idea that like the ink of Guinevere Beck stains my skin, and like obviously it's really creepy that he's like. Like, mm, yes, she's so into me because she paid with a credit card. Wow, she, she wants, wants me to, me to know, know her, her name. name. Like, what? And also, he just is like, you have enough cash to cover this. How do you yeah, know, How Joe? does he know that? How do you know? Like, like I don't what? have $31 in oh, my God, pocket either. at all times. I have maybe like $4. And that's MFA it. student. Like, she's yeah. not. Like... What? You have enough cash to cover this. But you, but you want, want me to know, me your, to know name. your name. What is that? Joe, what is wrong with you? A lot. True. That's true. But yeah, yeah. I love that quote. I think it's really gorgeous. And there's some really, really good quotes in this chapter that I'm just like, mm, so I think good. that chapter one is such a good start to this book. And like the first perfect. like line, let me just dig out I got my it. book here. It's, um... I have it on Kindle, so I've got it right here. You walk into the bookstore, and you keep your hand on the door to make sure it doesn't slam. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's so good because you, it... You smile, embarrassed to be a nice girl, and your nails are bare, and your V-neck sweater is beige, and it's impossible to know if you're wearing a bra, but I don't think that you are. Like, yeah. first two sentences. We already know, like, everything we need to know. One... We know that someone has just walked into the bookstore and Joe is noticing them. Two, we get, like, all of his first assumptions about her, that she's a nice girl, that she's embarrassed about it, that she's like, ooh, I'm not wearing a bra under my sweater. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, like, the thing about, like, the phone, how it's, like, cracked, and he's like, oh, like, you only... Yeah. You only take care of yourself when it's too late? Like, dang. Girl. Do you know what's weird to me that what? I've always found strange? What? He like picks her phone oh, out yeah, of her that's basket. Weird. He just like goes into her basket and she just pi- and he just picks it up and he's yeah. like, mm. okay. You know what else is weird? Beck being like this phone. I'm a bad mommy. Ew. Oh my Who god. Talks I know. about their phone like but it's that. She's kinky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as we find out soon, she <laughs> is apparently. Uh, but yeah, who, one, who takes someone else's phone like that? Yeah, that's weird. If that's some so random bookstore guy, like, picked up my phone, I would be like, run. excuse me, sir. I'd be like, what are you doing? I mean, actually, I wouldn't, because I am, I would just be like, <laughs> yeah, I would probably just be like, <laughs> yay, but internally, I'd be like, what are you doing? That is my phone. Don't. Yeah. yeah like, who does that? Joe, that's so weird. Yeah. Um, um, also, real quick, there's no Paco. 
Oh, thank God. So, in the show, Paco is this little boy who lives in Joe's <laughs> apartment complex. And his mom is, like, a drug addict. And his stepdad is, like, or slash mom's boyfriend is really abusive. And Joe, I guess, like, takes him under his wing. It's weird. And I don't yeah. like it. And I'm glad. Okay, Paco's I have to cough. Here. Go ahead. <coughs> I don't like Paco because he, like, humanizes Joe, I guess, and, like, is, like, like he's, like, a good guy, even when Beck isn't looking. Like, he's just a good guy who's doing some creepy stuff. I don't... Yeah, I don't like it because I feel like part of Joe's character is, like, outwardly, he, he is, like, the perfect boyfriend. But, like, he's only the perfect boyfriend because he's doing all this creepy stuff, like, stalking her. Yeah. Which we'll get to in a minute. Oh, yeah, we're going to get there. Do you have anything else about chapter one? The Um, chapters are really short. They are really short. Not in, like, a really weird, disjointed way. Like, some books, I feel like, if they have really short chapters, it's just weird. And it's like, why is this chapter four pages? And it's just bad. I do have one more thing to say. Sorry, go ahead. The interesting thing about the way that this book is set up is that the chapters don't flow continuously with one another. Like, yeah, like we'll each chapter moves you to a separate place in time. Like, you feel this especially with um, the division between chapter 3 and chapter 4, yeah. which we'll get to. Um, but it's just really interesting because most other books, when they have a chapter break, like, it's in the same place in time. Like, it's in or the same place. It's like a big or it's a skip. switching character perspective. Yeah. Yeah, but the way it really happens here is it's only when he's with Beck or doing something for Beck, which I think really works because it shows, like, he is so centered around her, and he doesn't even know her. Like, and it kind of, like, explains the things that he does, like, within the chat. Yeah, it does, yeah. But it just is a very, like, you feel like you are in someone's head. Yeah. Like, like you are literally just sitting there, and it's really great because you, you like, you see, you do see things from Joe's perspective, as creepy as it is. Like, I'm looking at Adam Silvera's Instagram story. Um, 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 is this an Adam Silvera podcast? Oh God, I wish. Do you? I feel like you'd sob all the time. Oh, I would sob all the time. In case you guys haven't read any of Adam Silvera's books, I've cried after every single one of them. They're so beautiful. A new one just came out, and I don't have any money, so I haven't bought it yet. But um, we're going to get there eventually, and it's probably going to make me sob like a baby because all of the other ones have. And, yeah. So, But this is not an Adam Silvera podcast. You are correct. No, it's not. Maybe one day it will be. Oh wait, we should turn it into an Adam oh, Silvera and a B and a B and a V <laughs> Yeah, sure. What? We should. Well, we can add them to the list and read them on the podcast. No. We Why? don't have time. Plus I don't want to do that. Oh, okay. Well that's one way to make sure I read them. <laughs> anyway, moving on to chapter two. So I'm about to talk for a hot minute while I read this long ass summary how long is your summary <laughs> it's only like a paragraph <laughs> i can count the sentences if you want no thanks just, just go okay. ahead so chapter two of you joe starts out talking about e. E. an ee e. cummings poem that he knows quote 
the right way from a movie called Hannah and Her Sisters. This movie comes up a lot. In classic rom-com fashion, a married man falls in love with his sister-in-law and stages meetups to see her. Yay. The then go- the two of them, the sister-in-law and the guy, married man, not Joan Beck, go to a bookstore and he has her read an E.E. E. Cummings poem. Um, and Joe's favorite line from that is, nobody, not even the rain, has such small hands. I didn't write that down. I just know it. Boom. Anyway, the, so the reason Joe is talking about this, aside from revealing more about his character, is because he's been watching Beck with her little hands. Yay. Ooh, she puts to good work. Woo! <laughs> Bird! As Joe says, like, 85 different times. Shut up. Anyway. So after... She left the bookstore, he found her Twitter, and then went on to find her childhood home and her NYC address, where he proceeds to stand outside and watch her. She lives at 51 Bank Street in New York City in school-subsidized housing, which she won through something called the Brown Bias Lottery, because she goes, she went to Brown. Anyway. Off the wait list. Yep, and she likes polenta and cherry pie Laura bars. Uh, anyway, he monologues about all the information he's learned about her from watching her, and how she is naked, or in towels, all the time, in front of her street-level windows. So he they're watches not street-level. Okay, they're parlor-level. Yeah. Same thing. There's a, there's a difference. Is there? Anyway. Parlor-level windows are slightly elevated, so. Oh my god, they're slightly elevated. Okay, yeah. continue. So he spends a lot of time watching her. And one night he is watching her when Benji, a quote, blonde misogynist with too much hair, end quote, shows up at Beck's place. Ooh. Yay! They hook up, um, which pisses off Joe. But his anger is mostly directed at Benji, not Beck. And then yeah, after Beck is perfect. Yeah. After watching and going to the door of Beck's apartment building so that he can hear them hook up. Joe ends his stalking run for the night and leaves. Ending with, quote, you need a shower. Okay, I have a very first comment, which is that I have discovered who my favorite character in the entire book is. Who? It's the guy who walks by Beck's <laughs> apartment when she and Benji oh are hooking God. up, and he looks at them, makes a face, and then walks away. That is my favorite character. Yeah. Because I just imagined him, like, walking past. It's a normal day. He's, like, looking up at the window, and then he's, like, okay! And then he walks Yeah. Uh, heads up, this chapter is going to get a little NSFW, just because, you know. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> so, first reactions, aside from your favorite character appearing. <laughs> Um, I have another thing. Speak. I love the fact that Joe has three different stocking yes, outfits. Yes, but he only wears, like, the suit because Beck makes him want to dress up. Wow. So romantic. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, he uses the name that she wrote, so obviously her name, uh, when she paid with the credit card to find her address. That's because creepy. there are not a lot of Guinevere Becks. There Just are the one. Uh, so he finds all her addresses and all her Instagram, her Twitter. It's very creepy. So he goes beyond the, like, normal Googling. 
You know how, like, if you meet someone, you, like, like, insta-stalking. Like, you find, you, like, Google for their Instagram, and then you're like, oh, they're so cute. And then maybe, like, just watch their Instagram or something. He goes way, 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 way beyond that. Like Or, like, Facebook stalking. I've done that before. Wow. Like, you find someone on Facebook and you scroll through their posts. Yeah. I mean, it's weird, but... It's weird, but, like, people do it. Like, it's not, like, I'm not going to their addresses and, like, watching them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, yikes. Um, so not only does he, like, find she's from Nantucket, find her address of her childhood home in Nantucket, he also looks at the real estate records for that house seeing that it's been in beck's family for ages that is so weird that's so creepy like in what world would you even need to know that okay there's a part in here that i do not i it has plagued me i just don't understand it you have a brother clyde your parents really were assholes about the names you have a sister anya serious assholes but not the kind i thought what yeah. does that mean? I don't know what that means. Yeah, Clyde is a stupid name. I agree. Anya and Guinevere, gorgeous names. Yeah, those are pretty. Oh, wait. No, that what? only works if... Well, if Beck always goes by Beck, it's ABC in reverse order. But I do not think that's what it's referring to. Because her last name is Beck. They named her Guinevere. Yeah, all of their names are Beck. That doesn't make any sense. No, but she goes by Beck. Yeah, I know. So, anyway, but they wouldn't yeah, know that okay. when naming Anyway, them. yeah, exactly. I don't understand this quote. I think maybe what he's saying, because I don't Ooh, know, because gross. I get maybe if you heard Anya and Guinevere first, and you were like, oh, they're this type, but then you heard Clyde, and you were like, oh, maybe they're this type, but I don't understand, like, what? Clyde and Guinevere, and then you hear Anya. And yeah, I like, don't get it. I don't get that. So I don't want to see your toes. Although maybe they're naming, maybe he's saying that they're naming them after like um, like Clyde for Bonnie and Clyde Guinevere for like Arthurian oh. legend, and then Anya for Anastasia. Maybe. Maybe I thought you were gonna say Clyde for like a Clydesdale horse. Yes, Clyde for the Clydesdale horse. <laughs> okay, well it's possible. Um. So yeah, he finds dirt on Beck's siblings, which. Is also oh, yeah. Really he talks creepy. about, like, the kids and stuff. And this just showed yeah. me, like, and he how... could really do some damage in this family. Like, yeah, he could, so like, he track says... down their kids. He says Clyde is an island, is, like, an islander. He runs the family business. And he's, like, straight-laced sober guy. And then Anya is, like, the baby of the family who's never going to leave and likes long walks on the beach. But Beck as the middle child, she's, like the hope for the one that like got away and like how much of that is true and how much of this fits this fantasy of who beck is yeah like how much is he altering this to fit within his idea of who beck is because like he very clearly already has a set idea in his mind of who she is yeah, and that's not like, necessarily correct, which I think we see more in the show than your in toes. the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely see more of like who she really is in the show versus like how Joe sees her. Because in the book, her, we really yeah. only get Joe's perspective. 
Which I actually, I kind of like how in the book we only get Joe's oh, view on yeah. her. Because it kind of shows, like, she's just, like, this girl, and he's making all these assumptions about her, and it's kind of, like, like, I don't know, I feel like in the show, because we get, like, her perspective more, we get, like, the actual view of what's happening, and, like, I don't know, I just really like how this is, like, only, like, Joe's view, and, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I just kind of like that it's just Joe's assumptions of her, and, like, it also gives a sense of, like, this could kind of be, like, any girl, you know? And, like, Beck is kind of more of, like, a placeholder than a real, like, character. And that's, I find that interesting. Yeah. Um, I actually have a quote about that. About Beck. And how, like... Okay. Wait, I need to go back. So do we have to talk about- <laughs> no, okay. Let's talk about Benji. Okay, we're talking about Benji now. Yeah. We're gonna talk about Benji. Okay. Uh Benji is obnoxious. Like, we don't see that much of him in the book outside of this and something else. So we see like more of him in the show. But he is Yikes. He owns an artisanal soda company. Yep. Uh, which should tell you everything you need to know about him. Yikes. Um. Wait. No. We have to redo this, so we're going to delete this here. Okay, um, why? Sorry, because I'm misreading all my notes. Okay, so going back to Joe, the reason I put in the thing about Joe talking about Hannah and her sisters is because Joe compares him and Beck to a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Like, a, he does that a lot. Actually. He does it a lot. Yeah, he compares them to Hannah and his and her sisters um, about how, like, Joe, just like Elliot, the lead in Hannah and her sisters, is, like, staging run-ins and doing these, quote, romantic things. For Beck, like the kind of things that happen in a lot of rom-coms. So it really shows, like, an insight into what he views as romantic. And what, like, and his understanding of romantic relationships. Like, it's based off of this one kind of idea that, again, sort of fits his understanding of himself and the narrative he has around himself of, like, I'm the one guy that it is okay for me to do this. But if any other weirdo, like, if anyone else did this, they'd be yeah. weirdo. Like, yeah, like, he's like, oh, Beck, weirdos could be, like, watching you yeah. from the window. And it's like, It only takes one that. weirdo to spot you inside and decide to go and get you. Joe, that is you. That is what you're doing right now. Like, yeah. what? What? Joe, you are doing that, but he's decided... That it's okay for him to do. Yeah. Um, um, you yeah, go. continue. No, you go. Okay. Um, one thing we didn't mention with the whole... So, Benji. Ugh, um, Benji. Yeah, so he's kind of a jerk. Um, basically. Well, we don't know his name is Benji yet, but we will. Yeah. Um, and so, basically, this this is a weird part that I forgot about. Beck, Beck has, like, a daddy kink, which is really oh. weird. <laughs> Like, in the show, it's kind of like, 
Benji says that she does, but it's, like, not yeah. really, like, a thing. But, like, in the book, it's a thing. It's, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Beck also has this green pillow that she uses to, quote, take care of herself. Does that a lot, by the way, according to Joe, which he's seen many times because he stalks her. Well, this is another assumption that he has about her is that I feel bad saying this, but quote, besides, I like that you take care of yourself instead of filling your home and your pussy with a string of inadequate men. Like, he assumes that she's just, like, on her own and she's the answer to, like, every article written about hookup culture. Like, Joe, you do not know her. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, that assumption is then shattered when Benji just strolls on up and is like, yo, yo, let's bang it out. Stop. (laughs) God, Joe is so Um, good, Okay, do we want to move on to chapter three, or do you have anything else? I think that's all I have, except for this one quote that comes from the, towards the end of chapter two. Um, when Joe, when Beck is hooking up with Benji. Joe is, does not ever hook up with Benji. (laughs) (laughs) You're grabbing his hair, too much hair. Like, it might save you and your stories. I think that save you and your stories part is, like, a really big insight into at least, like, how the show gives more depth into Beck. And we see that kind of peek through and that she wants like in a way she does want to be saved by someone yeah and she wants someone to like push and like take care of her stories for her mm-hmm. anyway that's it okay. chapter three. so chapter three so basically joe starts off the chapter uh he starts talking about his ex-girlfriend candace um and how when he was in love with Candace, so he met her at like a her band gig thing. And then he pretended to be a record store employee to get close to her. He like pretended he wanted to like sign her and like he even like got this guy's email to email her and then he like admitted it and she like was fine with it or whatever. Um Yeah. And then he talks about how Joe hacked into her hard drive. Um, I legitimately don't know how. And then he talks about how he, like, read all her emails and stuff. Um, and then Joe reports a leak, a gas leak, in Beck's apartment. Because, uh, you have to investigate gas leaks. And he tells the gas leak guy that he's her boyfriend. And he goes in and he basically acts, like, super creepy. So, he, like, it's really weird. So, in the movie, he just kind of, like, looks around and stoops around her, or the show he just kind of, like, snoops around her laptop, but in the book? Mm. So, he washes this, like, brown mug that she has from her college that she that he's seen her drinking out of. So, he drinks out of that, and then he checks out her laptop, and then he starts, like, smelling her green pillow, which is <laughs> Um, He talks about her friends, who are Chana, Lynn, and this unsmiling friend, who we'll find out is Peach. Um, and then he talks about how, like, her exes, who were Charlie and then Hersher, and he makes a mental note that he's gonna move all of Hersher's books down into the basement. Wait, it's not Hesher? Is it Hesher? It might be Hesher. I don't know. I read it as Hersher. <laughs> I um, might just be saying it wrong. Snoke and then anything. he's in 
the apartment and then Bat comes in and then the chapter ends and we never get an explanation, so we do in the next chapter. No, we don't, not in the yes, next chapter. Yes, we do. It's in no, my summary. Not. Yes, we do. We'll get there. Okay. So, thoughts on chapter three. Don't make that face at me. I'm right. Yeah, go. <laughs> oh, me? Thoughts? Okay, so my very first thing is about Joe and Benji and Beck. Yay. Uh, so he says, at least you have boundaries. That perv is not your boyfriend. You sent him into the street where he belongs, as if you are disgusted with him, which you should be. Joe has already changed what he saw happen with Benji to fit his narrative of Beck. Like, after they had sex, he kept watching them. He saw Beck, like, try and lean into him and into Benji and try and get Benji to, like, act like a boyfriend. And here he is already being like oh no uh you hate him you just want to hook up with him like joe no that's just clearly not he wants to believe that beck doesn't care about him at all but beck does and you can see that in some of the later chapters too she really cares about benji and she wants benji to be her boyfriend like she wants lord knows why yeah because he's disturbing he is. But she won't... I mean, I do kind of know why it's part of Beck's character. But anyway, we'll get there later. It's only chapter three. Yeah, Beck very clearly wanted Benji as more than just, like, a hookup. But Joe can't equate that. Why do you have a spoon? What? You just got to... Oh, what are you eating? <laughs> no eating while we're recording. It's too loud. Keep talking. What is that? Keep talking. Anyway, he cannot square that Beck would be into someone like Benji, who Joe virulently, I don't know if I'm saying that right, very much does not like. So he has to change it so that Beck doesn't want him because otherwise she's not like, she doesn't fit for him. She's not his manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Uh, so Candace. We get to hear about Candace. I will say that in the show, she's a much bigger part of who Joe is. Yeah. And, like, everything that happened with her is brought up in, like, legitimately almost every episode. Like, he talks to her. I have big thoughts about show Candace. Actually... I have a comment. Speak. So I was watching you the other day, as of I do. You and, um, Joe sometimes refers when he's talking about, like, he says, like, maybe she could love us a lot. Huh. And I'm wondering if he means, like, him and Candace. Like, okay, this is hard to explain. But, like, he still feels like Candace, like, like, Basically, I don't know. It just seems weird to me how, like, he kind of... In the show, Candace is, like... Candace, like... I don't know. Like, he feels her with him a lot. It's weird. I don't like it. It's weird. But, like, in the book, she's just... I like how they do it in the book. Yeah. in the show, Candace and everything that happened with her really affected Joe. Mm -hmm. But in the book, it was just another girl. Yeah, and we're gonna get into that. That, like... He has done this type of thing... 
before. We don't know how many times. He only yeah. mentions Candace, but he that only could mentions be Candace. But like the same kind of thing happens. Like he follows Candace all over Manhattan and Brooklyn. Like he doesn't talk to her. He just kind of watches her. Yeah. But he already like he felt that Candace was his. That mm-hmm. he was going to die if he didn't get to hold her. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he hasn't even spoken to her. Yeah. So this is very much definitely a pattern for Joe. In that he watches these ladies, I guess. He finds someone that at first glance fits within whatever it is he's looking for. And then he stalks them and creates a version of them in his head. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what he does. He did it with Candace. He's doing it with Beck. Yeah. It's just... It's... Yikes. We don't love it. We do not love it. So another thing, the another similarity between what happened with Candace and Beck is when Joe tells us, the reader, that he told Candace... Um, that he, like, pretended to work for a record label. He says that she was fine with it. Yeah, I feel like she probably wasn't. It was her brother who kept them from working out. But, like, is that true? Or did Candace... I think he just made that up. Yeah, or did Candace say, like, yo, that's super creepy. But Joe was like, oh, no, can't... Like, in his head, Candace loves me. And we're soulmates. So I gotta make it the brother... Yeah, like, oh, her brother told me that. Like, or her brother probably told her to say that. Yeah, or like, Like, oh, the reason we broke up... Broke up. Is because of her brother. Like, how much of that is actually true? Steen, he has a history of twisting these things. Yeah, and I think that's where this book would not be good if it was, like, an omniscient narrator or, like, anything. Yeah. In Joe's head. Because we need to know things as Joe knows things. Yeah. Because, like, the whole, like, a big part of the story is just Joe's feelings for Beck and how Joe, like, how his behavior changes based on the information that he learns. Yeah. Totally. Like, he'll learn one thing and he'll be like, oh, Beck thinks this. But then he'll, like, learn another thing, and suddenly it'll be, no, she thinks this. Yeah, just with, like, the Benji thing. Yeah. Anyway, Joe is twisted and has problems. Yeah, he's screwed up. He needs to see a therapist. Yeah. I kind of think that Candace maybe is his first. Yeah. Just because, like, one, if she's not... How is this guy not going to get caught, like, at all? Yeah, how is he in jail? Like, but also just, like, the way he talks about her. Yeah. It just kind of seems like it was Candace, then Beck. And maybe, maybe Beck is the new Candace. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know that much about Candace, but maybe Beck is kind of similar to her, and that's why Joe is drawn to her. New hot take. Yeah, maybe he, like, misses Candace, and he's like, I shouldn't have done that. So now he's kind of trying to, like, replace her. Yeah. That is a hot take. Thank you. Hashtag hot theory. 
Hashtag hot take. <laughs> We'd say hashtag hot hashtag take. Hashtag Joe is still in love with Candace. Hashtag Joe has problems. Hashtag Joe has mental issues that he needs to get resolved. Yeah. Ready for chapter four? Yes. Take okay. it away. Okay. So, after jumping out of the window to avoid back catching... Oh, he said that? I didn't realize he said yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pull up the quote right now. Ooh. It's within, I like... he just kind of, like... It's within, like, the very first chap like a sentence See, i thought it was gonna get resolved but then i guess it just no it always does it always does but in like a a little bit of a more roundabout yeah, way I, I was just like, okay I, yeah second sentence just like i hurt my back for you when i fell out of your window so you wouldn't see me when i was trying to see you trying to know you oh yeah yeah i guess he did say that yeah he did because i just read it <laughs> good job so yeah. Sorry, I just almost fell off my bed. Wow. So Joe falls out of Beck's window so he can escape her finding him in her house like a creepy stalker. Uh, so he follows her to Greenpoint where he never goes because it's all like, Ugh, picklebacks. Ugh. He's too good for it. Yeah, basically he thinks he's too good for it. Um. So he, so she is in a bar called Lulu's where she's reading one of her short stories, and Joe is sitting there. Complaining about the bar and the bartender and the people in the bar and Beck's friends and listening to Beck's friends complain about Beck. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, continue. Sorry. Yeah. So he watches her read a story that, no offense, Beck seems really stupid. It's really stupid. <laughs> but then he overhears that, oh no, Beck really is into Benji and invited him to the reading. So okay. after getting really pissed, that Beck is into someone who is not Joe, specifically Benji. Joe heads outside so that he can watch Beck when she leaves the bar, presumably to follow her. Yeah. So that's fun. So not a lot of like, I don't want to say not a lot happens in this chapter, but because it's a lot of like character stuff happens in this chapter. Like we meet Beck's friends, we meet Chana and Lynn, and we learn about them and who they are and what they're like and why Joe hates them. We learn about we learn more about Beck, obviously, we learn more about her feelings for Benji. So there's not like a lot of like action that's happening, but a lot of like character stuff is happening. So, what do you think about Chana and Lynn? Okay, so, here's Dusty. the thing. So, in the show, I know this isn't, like, a book-to-show comparison podcast, but it is now. Um, so, basically, in the show, they're called Annika and Lynn. Um, they're so much nicer. Like, they're trying to be supportive. Like, they do say, oh like, she kind of, like, her poetry's a little, like not great and they say like she shouldn't have come to this open mic and stuff but they aren't like like in the book they're making fun of her outfit and they're like being really mean to her like they're like oh she looks horrible like benji's a yeah dog. they're Why really mean they're, like her story is stupid they're like this mfa thing is a waste of time like she needs to like do whatever like yeah they're mean yeah 
Which, like, works. It works, definitely, yeah. They're yeah. Just mean. Like, it works it... because, like, they're, they're really mean and stuff. Um, and it does show how, like, they're very two-faced. Because, like, once Beck gets there, they're immediately like, oh, my gosh. You read the shit out of that story, girl. Yeah, they were like, oh, my God, you were so good. That was so amazing. Like, good job. Like, wow. Yeah. I think it really works with um the idea that Beck is surrounding herself with the girls who used to bully her and surrounding uh-huh. herself with, like, the people that she could never be and they're doing the same thing. Like, she still can't be one of them. Yeah, it's, like, the people she wants to be a part of. Like, yeah. she wants to be these, like, she wants to be one of the, like, rich, carefree, beautiful girls who doesn't have to do anything, but Beck, you're not. Yeah, she's just not. Like, she is so, she's invested in, like, being seen as things versus actually, like, being them. Like, that's part of, like, her Instagram and her Twitter is, like, it's a cultivated life. Which is interesting to me because Joe claims that he can see past that. He can see the yeah. real back, but he's not seeing the real book. Who back. is like, the real back? Inf- he's influenced by, like, his perception of her. Like, yeah. Crazy. The whole, like, like, when she walks into the bookstore, he makes all these assumptions about, like, oh, based on your vibe, student. You're not here to be ogled, but those bracelets, they jangle. Like You like a little attention. Yeah. Like, two, you're not here for Faulkner that's going to calcify in your nightstand when you have one nightstand. You're like, oh, I never do this kind of thing. Two sun-kissed for Stephen King. Like, he makes all these assumptions based on how she looks, but then he turns right around and is like, Beck, how dare you dress this way so people will make assumptions about you? Yeah. He he is very hypocritical as well. In, in times, well, I don't know if hypocritical is exactly the right word, but he's very, like, he uses things to gain information about her, but then is like, how dare you actually do this, Beck? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's like, like yeah. oh, stop texting Benji. Like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you obsessed with Benji? Why are you obsessed with your phone? Well, if she wasn't obsessed with your fo- with her phone, you wouldn't be able to know, like, half the things you know about her. Yeah, definitely. So, like, he wa- he obviously wants her in a way. Like, I guess it's like now that he- she's met him, he feels like she shouldn't need, like, anyone or anything else. Even though, like, they have had one interaction. Yeah. They do not know each other. But apparently... Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. I feel like I don't really have a lot to say about this chapter, just because it's so... Just, like, learning about, like, characters and stuff. And learning about... I will say... Do you want to hear what I picture her outfit as? It might describe it. Yeah. So they mentioned like yellow rip tights like five times. So I picture her wearing like yellow rip tights and like a like nice like a knee length like poofy ish skirt and then like kind of like a cardigan and stuff mm. because her friends are like that costume like she's trying yeah. like I I imagine that she's trying hard to appear as this like creative quirky poet. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. When like she clearly. 
Like, Joe even says, you're so much more invested in being a writer, accepting compliments and drinking whiskey, than you are at writing. Like, she doesn't, yeah. she doesn't want to write. She just wants yeah. to be a writer. She wants yeah, everything she wants, that yeah. comes along with it without having to do, yeah. like, She wants any to get compliments. She wants to be anything. famous. She wants to have, like, people be like, wow, you're so, like, creative. She wants to be, like, quirky and, like, have, like, a, like, cool, like, thoughtful job. But, like, yeah. she and doesn't we'll, actually want to write. I bet we will come back to this when we meet Peach. It should be soonish. Yeah. Couple okay. chapters from now, but yeah. So I don't have a lot to say about. Wait, Harper. we already met Peach. No, Joe saw her on Facebook. No, she's in here. No, she's oh wait, not. no, never mind. They're talking about Peach. Yeah, they're talking about Peach, but we haven't actually met Peach. Which also, who names your daughter Peach? I mean, I guess if you're really rich. That's definitely a rich person name. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So are we ready for chapter five? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. So, chapter five. Um, sorry. Give me a second. Um, okay. So, basically, um, Beck has gotten super drunk. Um, and she, um, sorry. Um, so Beck gets super, Beck gets super drunk. Um, and then she goes down to the subway station where Joe just happens to be, um, <laughs> along with, um, this homeless guy who keeps singing engine, engine number nine on the nearer transit line. If your train runs off the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Anyway, um, and she is, like, slipping, and she's, like, dropping her phone. She's, like, texting Benji, like, where are you? She's, like... Joe's like, oh, that phone, you need to stop focusing on it. Like, you need to stop focusing on Benji. Um, and then she drops her phone in the subway. She falls onto the tracks. Um, Joe's, like, trying to save her. And so she takes his hand, and he whisks her up off the track. And then they don't get on the train because reasons. So, that's it. Yeah. Um... So there's one line that I think is really telling into Joe's character, and it's when he's watching Beck standing, like, at the edge of the the track and being, like, drunk and trying to text and, like, getting close to slipping off. He says, you're lucky I'm here. Yeah. Which is just the epitome of Joe's character, I feel like, is that you're lucky I'm here. And he has this weirdly detailed, like, I don't want to call it a fantasy, but he has this really weird, like, detailed imagined thing of, like, what would happen if he wasn't there, and then some creepy guy, like, came into the subway and raped Beck. It's really weirdly detailed. Like, it's kind of disturbing. Yeah, he's like, what if some sicko had followed you down here? Yeah. And, like, and, like finished, like, what those rips in your tights started, and, like... Stuffed your underwear, like, yeah. yanked up your Victoria's yeah. Secret panties and put okay, an oily yeah. hand over your mouth. Yeah, your laces and your little sneakers are too long, too loose, and the attacker would press you down on the floor or against that pole, and he'd tear those already torn tights off. Like, what the heck? And then he has this weird, like, he doesn't just stop there. He goes on to be like, oh, you would live in fear of subways. You'd never, like, do the casual encounter section on Craigslist again. 
Like, what is yeah. that, Joe? Like, is She's that what so you want weird. to happen so that she can rely on you or something? Yeah. Is I that what even... you want to do? Yeah. Like, Joe, what's up? He's creepy, basically. It's so creepy. Um, yeah. I think there's a really, really great, this is going back to like a rating detail, kind of, I guess like a crescendo leading up to Beck falling into the subway, like train thingy, rails. I don't know what it's called. The track? Yeah, the track. (laughs) Shut up, I don't speak English. Um... <laughs> the tra- the train pit is what I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, so that would be the track. We've so, when Be- that now. so when Beck falls into the train pit, um, so Joe like he it's building Joe complaining about Benji and complaining about Beck using the phone and complaining about. Beck trying to use the phone to contact Benji, and then he's like, "Oh, I just want to like, th- I just want you to throw away the phone." And then like, she falls, and it's just like it builds up like the way Carolyn Kempis uses like her sentence structure up until this moment is so, so good. Yeah, it's very good writing. Yeah, I love it. Um, there's also another quote that I have. Um, and you blamed the world when you tripped. I think that is so back. At least, like, what we have seen of her is that, she, like, with Benji, is, like, she doesn't ever take responsibility for herself. Yeah. Or, like, take responsibility for her. Like, she doesn't take responsibility to become a writer. She just wants to be a writer already. Yeah. Is she always blames someone else. She always blames her dead dad. Or she blames, like, Benji or something. And I think that is really true. But I also think Joe kind of, like, sees that not because he sees that as, like, a negative kind of selfish side effect. But because he sees that as enabling him to be able to save her. Like, yeah. Like, he wants to save her. So that he can change her into someone else. So that he can change her into the person that he wants her to be. Yeah. Why? We're going to get copyright violated. Oh, true. From the pit! Ah, the train pit! The train pit! The trit! <laughs> trit! Anyway. Um, so I think that about wraps up our chapter discussion for today. It does. Okay, sounds good. Hello, all. Welcome to Currently Reading Corner with Birdie. Em is also here for reasons that I don't know. Because you love me. But today I'm going to be talking about the book I am currently reading and the book I just finished. So the book I just finished two nights ago was The Guinevere Deception by Kirsten White. So this book is like a retelling of uh, the King Arthur legend, and it's focused around Guinevere. Obviously. Who I guess is this like changeling person who was sent to Camelot to like protect King Arthur and stuff. 
Weird, um, but okay. Basically, so the first, like, two-thirds of this book were so incredibly slow for me. Like, it was just, like, a, a lot of setup and a lot of nothing happening. There was, like, the entire two-thirds was focused on, like, a threat that wasn't even the real threat. Like, she was just, like, a person trying to help them. Spoilers, by the way. If you haven't read the book, please don't listen to me. Um, and, like... I don't know. It was, like, weird because, like, whenever I was doing all this stuff, and then it got revealed that, like, she wasn't sent there to protect Arthur. Arthur was there to protect her because of, like, the Lady of the Lake was going to come, like, find her and kill her because, like, Excalibur is this, like, dark magic thing, and it's, like, bad, and it hurts her. And basically it got revealed that um, Mordred, who is um, King Arthur's nephew, but they're, like, the same age, um, is, like... So, basically, he was amazing. He was my favorite character. And then it got revealed that he was, like, um, the dark... I don't know if it's the dark lady or, like, the dark... The dark witch or something like that. The main antagonist lady who they thought killed. He is her grandson. And, basically, he he was gonna, like, bring her back to, like, rule over and, like, restore magic, and he wanted Guinevere to join him, and she didn't, but the Dark Lady still got released, so she's out there now, um, and Lancelot is a girl in this one, for some weird reason, and I don't, what? Aren't Lancelot and Guinevere in love? Okay, that's why this book is confusing to me because it's set up as there's like a love triangle between Arthur. Yeah, cause and Arthur Mordred and Guinevere, because Arthur and Guinevere. What? Arthur and Guinevere get married in the original no. myth. Okay, let me explain. Legend. So in the book, Guinevere is sent to have like a fake marriage to Arthur. Like they aren't actually in love. She's just posing as his queen so she can use her magic to protect him. So basically, they're married, but like he doesn't really love her, and like she wants him to love her like she doesn't like really love him but she's kind of feeling like i wish i could be like a wife to him and like i don't know if you want to be with arthur but then her and like mordred like kiss and they're kind of like into it but then also like lancelot there's like a little bit going on there like she like touched lancelot and she was like oh i kind of like this and then like what? lancelot and then she like kissed lancelot on the cheek and she was like oh that was electric and like yeah in the original legend like lancelot and guinevere are like a thing so i don't I don't know if they're two love interests. Like, is it, like, a love triangle? Although, I think Mordred is kind of off the table at this point with the whole betrayal thing. Um, So, I don't know if just, like, Mordred and, like, if that... I don't know. I I just... I don't know. I don't know if her and Lancelot are going to be, like, a thing or if it's going to be, like, their frenzies. There is already lesbian rep in it, though, so that's pretty cool. Brangian and um, her love are a thing. So, yeah. Um, so that's the book that I finished. The book I'm currently reading is Winterwood. Both of these are Owl Crate books, by the way. I get Owl Crate. It's a monthly subscription box. Um, and Winterwood was included in the November box. And it's basically about this, like, creepy dark wood called the Winterwood. And Nora Walker, who's rumored to be, like, a witch person, like, and her family are the only ones that can, like, go into, like, the Winterwood. And they, like, find things. And they have, like, magical powers. And then there's this boy named Oliver who was, like, sent to this, like, camp for, like, bad boys across the lake. Um, but he, like, escaped or something. He, like, went into the woods and he was there for, like, two weeks and everyone thought he was, like, dead. And then Nora finds him and he's missing a bunch of memories. And then they find out that a boy died that night. Oh. And his name was Max. 
And Oliver kind of remembers how he dies, but he's not, like, telling us. And he kind of remembers because his memories are funky. And then, um, I don't know. It's really interesting because, like, Oliver thinks that he was friends with these three boys, um, Lynn, Jasper, and Rhett. And he slept in their bunk, but he wasn't friends with them. Like, Max, Jasper, Jasper, Rhett, and Lynn were the friends. And Max Mm -hmm. hated Oliver. So, he has, like, flashes of memories of, like, being in a graveyard with them and being, like, drunk, but, like, he doesn't know what happened to Max, and then he had, like, Max's, like, pocket watch in his coat, so, like, he doesn't Uh, know, like, did he kill uh, Max, or, like, how did Max die, or, like, what happened, so. The writing is really beautiful. It's by Shay Earnshaw, and I read The Wicked Deep by her. Um, I don't know why I'm showing it to the camera. You can't see me. Um, And the writing is really beautiful, and the descriptions of the water are really cool. Um, I don't know. I'm really into, like, the world and stuff. I'm just not as into, like, the characters. Like, I want to find out, like, what happened. But That's good. I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. So that's what I'm currently reading. Um, <laughs> I gave the Guinevere Deception a rating of four out of five stars. Even though you hated it? I didn't hate it. Okay, that's incorrect. You I called it hate slow. It. Yes, but and I did terrible. not hate it. Okay, I don't like giving books three stars unless I vehemently dislike them. Like, I hated the Raven Boys, and I gave that one two stars, okay? I hate the Raven Boys. Because it's stupid, okay? And I hate Blue, oh, and I hate Okay, everything. I also hate Blue. I hate Gansy, how he's like, oh, no! is he my grandfather? Is he not? I don't know. Let me go find all these Lee lines. Stupid. Stupid. And I hate how everyone is something other than a normal person. Like, Gansy is like this, woo, he's gonna die and he's gonna be a ghost. Ooh, and then Ronan is like, oh, I'm the dream dude. And then Adam is like, oh, I'm a magician. And then Noah is like, oh, well, I'm a ghost. Like, why? Can't you just be a normal person? Like, why can't you be a normal person? Why? Why? And then Blue is like, oh, well, I'm a magic fortune teller, but I reject society. Okay, I hate I wear Blue. clips in my hair. Blue is the worst Stupid. person ever. So, that's why I don't like that book, so. I hate her. Blue, one day we will talk about Blue. Because yeah. she is such a hashtag not like other girls. Like, hashtag not like other girls. She is, and it is infuriating. Hashtag not like other girls. Rip. Okay. Reading. Chapter 6 through chapter 10. Woo woo! Sorry. Uh, Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Um, Please actually listen. Yeah, please actually listen. Also, please follow us on Instagram at booksandbiscuits underscore podcast. We should be up on Apple soon if we're not at the time of this episode posting. Um, so if we are on Apple Podcasts by the time this comes out, please give us a five-star review over there. Yeah. We much appreciate it. I think that's it. That's it. All right. See you all in the train pit. <laughs> Bye. See you all in the train pit. See y'all next week.